I'm Anne. And I'm Lita. And this is Vodka Lemonade Stand. Cheers. Cheers. All right. We're here. We're ready. We're here. We just tested shot glass volume. (laughs) (laughs) We're feeling loopy. Yeah, it feels like the drinks we've had are a bit stronger. But we were thinking, is the shot glass we use to measure just like a bigger shot glass? Turns out, maybe... Not really? It's, it's a little bit bigger. Not as big as we thought. It's not as big as we might have thought. So we don't know what's going on. No excuses. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it's the way that the planets are positioned. It's the, the new vodka. Had over the past week. It's the amount of sleep. You know, you don't know. There are a lot of factors here to take into consideration. Yeah. So, um, but we recommend this Wild Roots Vodka um oh we should, yeah we should do shout outs to vodka maybe we had a sponsor oh my god that would be so legit so usually we're crater lake people mm-hmm. and then wild roots vodka is from oh it's on distillery row this is like local local this is like oh, portland local hop on our bikes and get down there yeah not right now i've had too I many mean, shots oh my but... god no i haven't i've only seen a bike get pulled over in eugene yeah it was like really really late at night on a weekend and it was a bicyclist pulled over. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> My college roommate said that she got pulled over on a bike in Davis, California. Okay. For not coming to a full stop at a stop sign. No bikes exactly. make a full stop at a stop exactly. sign. Exactly. Which, I mean, this is a much longer conversation. But we need to have really thorough policy about bikes and cars and traffic laws because right now bikes don't follow any of the traffic laws mm-hmm. and there have been pilot projects where bikes follow a different set of traffic laws as bikes mm. um i don't know what the results of those projects were but for a bike it is much more inconvenient to come to a complete stop yeah because it's actually especially if you're on a hill it's really hard to get started again you you're living off that momentum but when you're treating cars and bikes like they're exactly the same it doesn't work out yeah. super well. Yeah. Sometimes if I come to a full stop before an intersection, I can't be fast enough to actually cross the street. Like, mm-hmm. I have to get off my bike and cross as a pedestrian, mm-hmm. which is not ideal. At some point, maybe the city of Portland will deal with this, or Metro, some people, but... More buses. Probably not right now. Probably not anytime soon. I think we should be paid not to have cars. Well, there's a bike tax. What? Yeah. There is now a bike tax. I don't know if it's in Portland or Oregon. I don't remember voting for that. Um, I mean, it might have been legislature, honestly. So it might not have been. Yeah, it was 2017 legislative session. Um, a new bicycle excise tax. A flat tax of $15 to be collected at the point of sale. Revenue from the bicycle excise tax goes to the Connect Oregon Fund to provide grants for bicycle and pedestrian transportation projects. All right. I get it. And only if the retail price is $200 or more. And that's if you're, like, getting a bike at a store. Mm -hmm. I haven't ever... I haven't got a bike from a store since I was, like, 12. Do you do it on Craigslist? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, have a friend who knows a friend who knows somebody who builds bikes. Oh, portland maybe yeah that's true yeah this is only if you buy a bike in a store and it's 15 dollars. so but yeah we have bike tax okay i just feel like i should be paid 250 dollars a month to not have a car because that's how much i'm paying for my car payment oh without insurance without repairs i like my without car gas. though but yeah, I but I hybrid, could do without. So. I could do without, and it would save me a lot of money. I've been looking at my budget lately, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about it. I would have a hard time without a car. Yeah, I would. But be my parents live in Eugene. Parents. Yeah. That's but it. what if you had a bullet train in Eugene? I still like the freedom of like not needing someone to pick me up and take me back, mm, and having nice. like the freedom of transportation while I'm there. And like, what if my parents aren't home? when i plan to arrive mm. like what am i supposed to, you know yeah yeah you, the amount of energy you take to plan ahead but you know yeah i'm i'm just saying i'm i'm ready for some broad cultural change hashtag green new deal i mean 
I feel like people with trucks should pay extra money. Oh my god, that's just like in, in driving in Portland. I get offended when I see a car that's too big. I'm like, you don't belong on this there street. Was, There's not enough room for you. There was a car, you know, those um, trucks with like two rows of wheels mm-hmm. on Division. How today. dare you? I was like, you are in my lane. Oh god, coming from the opposite direction. Just You're too no, wide for stay, the street. No. No. It was it's really not bad. Practical. It's not a practical car. And not on yeah. these streets. It's no. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we just watched an episode and a half ish of Sex Education, mm-hmm. the Netflix series starring Asa Butterfield mm-hmm. and Gillian Anderson mm-hmm. and Pseudo Margot Robbie. And like young person margot robbie yeah i don't want to say because she's beautiful i'm not going to say poor man's but like, no yeah but the way she's styled in this show she's like for the people margot robbie you know punk rock margot yeah because she has like but not lots suicide of squad no, no 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 much more no, much no. more grungy than that yeah she's she's grungy that's a good way to good way to like grungy chic chic grunge mm-hmm. grunge chic yeah uh, Riot Girl, Margot Robbie. Yeah, exactly. Instead of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Margot Robbie. Exactly. So Anne has not finished the series. I have. So I, I have one note that's a spoiler that I'm going to not say. Okay. I have another well, I that. <laughs> note that's not really a spoiler that I'm still going to say. Because I respect it. Because it bears saying. I believe in not really spoiler. But do you want to set the scene for Sex Education, Anne? Yeah. So Sex Education. If you've ever seen that movie, uh, Charlie Bartlett, um, starring the late great um, Anton and... Yellick? Yell- yeah. 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 Um, rest in peace. Uh, it's similar to that. It, there's a Yelkin. high school... Yeah. There's Anton a high school Yelkin. student... Um, who realizes there's a need in his school for some, like, psychiatric help. Um, or maybe in this case, it's psychological help. It's psychological help. Because in Charlie Bartlett, he's handing out pharmaceuticals to these kids for, like, anxiety, which, mm-hmm. you know, complex. Here, it's sex education. It's therapeutic. It's sex therapy, yeah. yeah. So it's like, what's going on in your relationship? Like, why are you facing this issue when you're relating to this other person? Um, and honestly, it's a delightful show, and I really enjoy it a mm-hmm. lot. It's giving me a lot of um, Degrassi Next Generation mm. vibes lately, which I adore because I love that show. I feel like I'm learning things about myself and about uh, these teens, and I love it so much. Um, yeah, so the main character, his name is Otis. Mm-hmm. He is the child of a sex therapist divorcee played by Gillian Anderson, and has some, you know, boundaries issues with her. Like, she's really wanting to be like, all up in his life. And he's really like, I want to be a 16-year-old kid. It's the really stereotypical therapist-parent mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. And his best friend, Eric, who is a delight mm-hmm. at all times, mm-hmm. full of spirit. Um, is facing some tough times lately in the episodes we're watching. Um, and Maeve, who is, uh, the aforementioned Margot Robbie lookalike, who's like the punk rock girl at school, not, you know, doesn't have a lot of friends, Mm-mm. um, but has got a keen business eye. Yeah. And, she's Otis's yeah. business partner yeah. in their sex therapy clinic. She recognizes his talent for sex therapy when she witnesses him giving advice to the principal's kid, uh, which in Britain they call the head teacher or the headmaster. The headmaster. Um, which sounds very Harry Potter, so I'm going to say principles because I just can't. It's more relatable for us. Yeah. Sorry. Um, because apparently this principal's kid, uh, Adam Graff, he's got uh, an extremely large dick and he has he some anxiety around it. Can't relate to that problem personally, but no. I'm sure it's out there. Um, and there's more to come. Yeah. Oh, my. So to speak. That's the one spoiler that I'm not going to say. But it's related to something I've already ranted about on this podcast. Oh, wait, I feel like I'm just going to say prediction-wise. And okay, I'm ready. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. I won't. Because I, I would I'm gonna like keep to have the satisfaction face. of cover, knowing. No, I'm just... I can, I can maintain a neutral face. <laughs> um, Adam Groff is a very close talker, but not with women, only with men. And I see this in the way that he, like, you know, unfortunately slams uh, Eric up against the locker, but he's also just like, very very close when he does that so i'm wondering like what's your deal adam it's super reminiscent of 
the dynamic between in Glee between Kurt and Karofsky mm. it's kind of like the same deal because Karofsky did the same thing like pushed Kurt into yeah. lockers got all up in his face yeah. it's it's that exact same dynamic yeah and it's kind of an upsetting story to be told and I don't know if that's what's going on here because you know I haven't finished watching she hasn't watched show. that far um because it places the blame for homophobia on gay people which is not where that blame belongs well in the case of i'm gonna now frame this in terms of glee but Mm -hmm. in the case of karofsky and kurt and this is the same framing that i've complained about before this weird trope of the closeted person bullying the out gay kid I find it really irritating. Mm-hmm. I think you should. Yeah. I think we need to let that go as a trope. Yeah. I feel like we've moved beyond it. I feel like it's tired. And I mean, I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen anymore. But I think it's something... It shouldn't be the only story that's told. It shouldn't be the only story that's told. It's exhausting and it's traumatic and it... I don't, I just, I don't think it adds a lot of value. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, well, TBD to see if that's the, that the track that sex education takes, but, um, so far can't tell. I know, but I'm keeping. She's being very coy and I can't tell. I'm so. very coy. Um, also when I move my head like that, I get kind of dizzy. So I'm going <laughs> to stop. <laughs> um, who do we ship in this show? Who do we ship? Uh, oh, good question. I feel like, so there's a love triangle. Um, mm-hmm. Maeve has been fooling around with this guy, Jackson. That sounds right. Yeah. He's the star of the swim team. Yeah, star of the swim team. which The is, Dolphins. I guess their big sport at this particular school mm-hmm. instead of soccer or rugby or whatever. Um, which, fine. More shirtless folk. That's great to me. Speedo. Um... And what else about that? Uh, oh, so she's been fooling around with him. He's kind of wanting to get closer to her. He keeps asking her out. Um, he wants it to be a fish. Mm-hmm. And the most recent developments are that um, <laughs> there was a whole episode arc where like Otis is coming to terms with the fact that he's got a huge, big old fat crush on Maeve, which Eric called from day one. Yeah, seriously. Um, and he ends up being in the position of giving Jackson advice on how to get closer to Maeve and mm-hmm. ask her out and actually be dating instead of just fooling around. Um, and, and he tries to sabotage. Yeah, he tries to he sabotage. Tries to he gives sabotage. he gives all what he thinks is all the wrong advice, and it works because Jackson is charming he's and genuinely so charming. he's genuinely really sweet and seems yeah. like a super good guy and like not manipulative, which I treasure and I think is beautiful. And like the wrong thing coming from the right person can end up being the right thing, you know? Like yeah, it's weird it's how that so works. So dependent <laughs> on who the person is, yeah, because. Yeah, the perfect thing coming from the wrong person is going to be terrible, you know? Yeah, and that's why you should never worry about saying the wrong thing. Because if you're the right person... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's kind of nice, People will think that it? it's cute. Yeah. Oh. Uh, relationship advice from Vodka Lemonade Stand. Just chill out about it. <laughs> um, but getting just a little bit more into Otis's background, he cannot jerk off. Um, yeah, that's been so, a, a thing for him. It was... Um, it came out rather recently in the episodes that we just watched. We just watched episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that he discovered his dad having an affair, or not even really an affair, just cheating yeah. on his mom. With a client. With a patient. A, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That you can lose, you would would lose your life. It's extremely for that. unethical. Like, that yeah. is not okay. You can't use your therapy job to find sexual partners. That's no, up. because you're taking advantage. It's a complete horrible power dynamic Mm -hmm. hey anyway so he is the one who discovers that this is happening he goes to his mom and he was like why is dad naked with that lady and he's like yeah six at the time he was young it was kind of unclear what age he was supposed to be he's still having a picture book read to him yeah so it's like yeah um and so he has developed this really kind of troubled relationship yeah. with sex and pleasure because he sees that he tells his mom about it and she's processing the pain and so he's asking questions about sex and she's saying things like yeah like it can be really painful and then 
She you know, says sex can, can ruin lives. It can ruin lives. And so that's kind of what he thinks about when he thinks about sex and sexuality. And yeah. for himself, because when he's talking to, like, people he's giving advice to, he he's seems so actually very grounded. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's really specific to him, mm-hmm. maybe, which is interesting. It's, I don't know, we sort of saw just in the episode we just watched where he was trying to get it on with bun girl what's her name oh lily lily she is <laughs> she's my favorite we'll get there i have a crush on her she basically propositions otis she's like i'm a virgin you're a virgin let's make this happen and she's he's so like, direct okay she's got great bun, like hair buns she's so yeah. direct and he has panic attack and yeah he has this whole like sequence of flashbacks where he's remembering his dad with this woman Mm -hmm. and the shame and the trauma associated with it, like directly leading to his parents' divorce. Like he just has a really complicated relationship with sex and sexual pleasure. And it has not been resolved yet. No, we're still going. Yeah. So I feel like that's just important information to have about Otis because we watched another episode where he and Maeve had this like pretty close moment and I wrote how is someone rolling someone else's sleeves up so cute because he gives his sweater to Maeve to wear and she's like your arms are freakishly long because he's tall Asa Butterfield is like a Gumby like (laughs) (laughs) his body is hilarious yeah um who was it that called him a Victorian Victorian ghost? ghost I don't even was it it was one of the popular girls. Was it Ruby? Was it the guy? It was Ruby's friend who had trouble giving her boyfriend blowjobs earlier in the season. Oh. And came to sex therapy for it. I don't remember. Anyway, someone calls him a Victorian ghost, which mm-hmm. is like really apt, actually. Maybe it was Ruby. They're the same to me. I don't know. It's this gaggle of popular kids. They're, They're just called all the Untouchables, worst. which is a weird name They're for terrible. It's they're really, really mean. They're really mean. I feel like the popular kids at my high school were just like hung out a lot and were Christian, and that's what made them popular. Of it was like the Young Life crew. That is not who the popular kids at my school were, but who were the popular kids at your school? I don't know, like the cheerleaders and the football players. It was like really, really stereotypical. Yeah. I feel like the cheerleaders were second tier popular. Some of the football players were first year popular, but the popular kids were in leadership and yearbook oh. and newspaper. I feel like we had some crossover. Like there were really popular people who were like in sports and leadership. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the top tier popular boys were on Ultimate Frisbee because also they're really oh my hot. Gosh, classic Oregon. Yeah. That would only happen in Oregon. It's so dumb. <laughs> They're all married. Now. I played so much Ultimate Frisbee in high school. Oh my god! Were you trying to get closer to hot boys? Or were no, you but I was fun? dating a lot of them. Uh, okay, I would have done it in order to get closer to hot boys. I joined ping pong club to be closer to one specific hot boy, ping and he never club. even looked at me. So, the only argument I can ever remember having with Ashcon was over whether ping pong was a sport or not. <laughs> I feel like Ashcon and I had a number of dumb arguments. We have a friend in common um, whose name is Ashcon, as you might have been able to tell. Also, Ashcon, if you're listening, hang out with us. Oh, my God. He should listen. We should I'll text catch him up. about it. He's known me literally his entire life. We used to hang out when we were babies. I'm a, I knew Ashcon in the seventh grade when I can't say that of most people in my life. But I knew you first. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had an argument about fallopian tubes one time. Classic. So if you remember that. <laughs> I'm going to send him this episode when we release it and be like, hey, your name dropped multiple times in this episode. I hope you enjoy. He will. He should. He probably would, actually. Does he watch these shows? I don't know. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Probably not all of them. No one watches all of these shows. (laughs) We're at a pretty intense level of consumption, media consumption. We get pretty specific. We get... Yeah, which is something I'm going to come back to later. I have a note about it, so... We'll we'll come back, but oh my gosh, this all started with who do we ship? We <laughs> veered dramatically off. Well, I was gonna say I there's a love triangle: Jackson, Maeve, and Otis, and I'm not really sure I ship any of them with each other. Like I I see that like there's the will they won't they with Maeve and Otis, but I'm not even sure I'm into it. I'm into it. Tell me why. I'm into it because Otis obviously has a really complicated 
mm. relationship with relationships and sex. Yeah. And he has this, like, kind of will-they-won't-they, they, like, burgeoning thing with this character, Ola, who is the mm. daughter of um, his mom's contractor. Yeah, she's a babe. She, Yeah, she's super cute. She's got overalls. And Anybody looks, who wears overalls on this show looks great. Yeah, we actually had a conversation about going overall shopping while we were watching this episode. <laughs> Put it on the calendar and make it happen. <laughs> um, but... She also, I think it's interesting and, like, worth noting that she looks completely different than Maeve. Like, they're yeah. pretty opposites um, physically. Yeah. So, I remember in our last episode we were talking about types. Otis obviously does not have a type. Mm-hmm. He's just doing him, which is great. I think it's, like, nice girls would pay mm-hmm. attention to him and are also very direct. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's 100% accurate. You're probably right. But... I think I support it because he has this really troubled history. Maeve has, Maeve, I wrote, I would die for Maeve in my notes. I think if I had had like a much harder upbringing, like much less privileged upbringing, I would be exactly like Maeve. Mm. Uh, Because I can see a lot of myself in her. Um, But more now than when I was in high school, I was nowhere near as hardened and cynical when I was in high school, but whatever. Anyway, she has this really hardened, cynical exterior. And she obviously, you know, has these soft spots and has this, like, more marshmallowy center. And we see that with her and Jackson, where she's like, ugh, boyfriends, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want a boyfriend. But then he sings to her in front of everyone. And, and she she's melts. Like, she's so into it, right? Because it was great. It was, at first, he's singing by himself. And I'm like, ooh, acapella. I don't know about this. But then the jazz band joins. Or they call it swing band, but I call it jazz band because that's what it is. And uh, they have the acapella, like, crew in there, There's too. harmonies. Yeah, and it's a full-blown music thing, just like in 10 Things I Hate About yeah, You. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love it so it much. It was great. Or, like, fucking Love Actually, that opening scene where all of the instruments just, like, pop up yeah. from the... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm just, like, a big softie between these dysfunctional people mm. finding comfort and happiness in each other because... They do both have really specific sets of experience that I think really sets them apart from their peers Mm -hmm. because they have both had pretty unusual upbringings for very different reasons. Yeah, Maeve is pretty much raising herself right now. Like, her entire family is pretty much out of the picture. So she's making rent on her own. Yeah. You know, that's why she's got these side hustles. That's why Mm -hmm. she's, like, coordinating Otis's sex therapy business. You Mm -hmm. know, it's why she's... Uh, writing papers for money and kind of getting caught at it and p- putting her, you know, academic reputation on the line. Well, and sacrificing, like, her essay could have been the winning essay of it's this true. competition. It, yeah, she writes the winning essay, but because she sold it to Adam Groff, the principal's kid, for triple price, he, like, wins the competition. And then he doesn't know anything about it. and Which it is, leads. yeah, that's go- quickly going to fall apart. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm just, I'm kind of a sucker for these damaged people finding each other. And Otis, even though it takes him a while to come to terms with the fact that he likes her, when he shows up, when he, when she's at the abortion clinic, Mm. in a suit and a tie, because he thinks they're going on a date to a sushi (laughs) restaurant. But he's, he's the kind of guy that for a girl that he was interested in, even if he doesn't know that he's interested in her, he would do anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is that a great characteristic in a person? I mean, it gets really complicated when he fucks up Eric's birthday. Yeah. When they're trying to go see Hedwig and the Angry Inch and yeah. he totally bails on his best friend. That was super, super shitty. Yeah. It doesn't even go to give a good reason why. No. Um, and he was fighting for justice. Yeah, and, like it made sense. He was yeah. making sure that some, some, you know, like revenge porn didn't, that the, that mystery was solved. But that's not something he articulated. At the time. No, he didn't articulate it at all. But something about like her hardness and his softness and their very obvious affection for each other that they're not really willing to articulate, that they're not really willing to acknowledge. I don't know. It, it hits me. Mm. 
because she is this really experienced. So what we saw in the scene where he was rolling her sleeves up because she was like, you have freakishly long arms when she was wearing his sweater and he starts rolling the arms up. Oh gosh. And I was like, this is I so want precious. Somebody to do that I want to die. I know. Right. Please roll up my sleeves for me, please. Um, but oh my God, where was I going with this? They get really, really close and it looks like they're about to kiss and he's like, I'm a virgin. Not relevant information at that specific moment, but also like good he's, to know about somebody as a friend. He's really maybe. anxious. Like he, I think he's really embarrassed and concerned about how far he is behind his peers. Yeah, being perceived as like I'm behind everyone else is really hard, especially when Maeve and like these teenagers are having a lot of sex, and we're gonna get back to that because that's in my notes. Yeah, I, when I was there, I wasn't having sex, but also neither was most of my close friends. I had like one or two people who were, mm-hmm. but everybody else was also not. Yeah. And so I did, I didn't feel like behind anybody. We'll, we'll get back to that, but these are like very horny teenagers and Maeve does have a lot of experience and also has a reputation for having experience. And the mm-hmm. reputation is like vastly, vastly exaggerated, but she is a lot more experienced than him and he's really insecure about it. And so he effectively shuts down their moment when they might have kissed because he's scared and, like, relatable. I probably would have done the exact same thing. I don't think I would have shouted, I'm a virgin, but I would have done something. Mm -hmm. It seems like the attitudes towards sex generally at this school are, for the, like, most part, healthier than you see in TV shows about American schools. Let's move into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I... They all have all seem to have had proper sex ed. These teens are having so much sex. I wrote, are teens having this much sex? Like, for real? It de- it's got to depend on which, which, like, what specific community you're in. But, like, they're practicing safe sex, you know? There was a point that Lily was like, I'll bring the condoms and you bring the lube. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. Um, and they have, like, an impromptu, like, sex ed refresher in the middle of their, like, chem class. And they're like, okay, like, let's get out these condoms and, like, put them condoms. on this, like, model, you know. And, like, labeling some pictures. And it seems like, you know, it's definitely not the abstinence-only sex ed that is the norm in many communities in the United States. So. Well, we have a much more in troubled Oregon, it's history. different. Yeah, but As a country, we have a well, much yeah, more yeah, troubled yeah. history with sexual education. It's troubling. Um, so there's that for them. These kids are having a lot of sex. Yeah. I like the, there has a, there was a whole episode about like kind of just like the lived reality of abortion in people's lives. Yeah. Like Maeve finds out she's pregnant, knows that that's not a good option for her to carry mm-hmm. the pregnancy to term. So she makes an appointment for herself and like goes through with it and all of that. And there's none of this like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's treated with a proper like, this is something she's thought about seriously mm-hmm. kind of a thing without the shame that I think Mm-mm. a lot of people imagine there is in this. Um, but also there's like kind of a focus in like, this is something that happens to women of all ages and even people with like kids and grown kids, yeah. you know, she talks to other people at the clinic um, and there are clinic protesters, but I also kind of like that the, the clinic, clinic protesters, <laughs> they were, they were humanized. Like Otis is kind of put in a position where he kind of has to like chit chat with them and get to know them and ends up performing sex therapy being mm-hmm. like, well, it seems like your relationship could benefit from this kind of a communication, which I thought was adorable, but just because like Otis can pull that off. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of enjoyed when people rode by on their bikes and heckled them and threw things at them because it seemed like a nice reversal. It's so shitty. It, I, yeah, I thought it was one of the best depictions of like an abortion storyline that I've seen on television. And I think there are other shows that have like glossed over it a little bit more in a way that felt very real. I think Jane the Virgin kind of did that. Um, where it was seen as like, Oh, this is just what I'm going to do. And it's not a big deal. Um, and this show went a little bit deeper into that plot line, but I think it was a really thoughtful portrayal. Mm-hmm. Like, globally, with the protesters and with Otis fucking showing up in a suit and yeah. Maeve yeah. talking to the other women who were also at the clinic. And I just, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I appreciate seeing that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. The amount of sex that these teens are having was not 
uh, relatable to my own high school experience. Is it more than they're having on Riverdale? I think so. Yeah, it's a little bit more. Because Riverdale, they're mostly having sex with their, like, serious partners. Mm -hmm. These people are just... They're just hooking up. They're just going at it. And I mean, I think a lot of that is the different... um, What's the word I'm thinking of? It's like a very different cultural vibe between yeah. the U.S. and the U.K. Do they still drink when they're sixteen? Yeah, that might be sixteen part or of eighteen. It. It's much younger than our yeah drinking. But they also age. don't drive till they're eighteen. Yeah, but I think they just they don't have as much as the um, as much of the like religious puritanical like weird baggage yeah. with sex. Also, historical note about the Puritans is they definitely fucked all the time before marriage. They just got married before they had the kit. Like, but like shame. Hashtag Puritans shame. were also horny. Like everyone's horny. Don't act like they were pure just because it's in the name. But the, I mean, the Puritans had a lot of issues. <laughs> Not worth getting into. Hashtag witch trial. Um, and then another thing I thought was just interesting to note was there are so many interracial relationships in this show, mm-hmm. and. I they just have kind a of very diverse British that. high school. It's a really diverse high school. And, like, we live in a really, really disproportionately white community. So yes. I couldn't say whether that's, like, a realistic portrayal of this random British town. Mm-hmm. But I just appreciate the diversity in it. Yeah. It looks like a Degrassi high school. <laughs> I can't speak to that. But there are multiple interracial relationships and i think that's great Mm -hmm. i can think of three like right off the top of my head including the lesbians the interracial lesbian moms oh yeah the moms and the little girls the little girls by any like the 16 year olds the redhead and the oh yeah 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 Yeah. and and the woman she was cheating on her with it's like a lot of interracial relations i don't know i just think it's great um I don't know. I think we're getting to a place where finally, like, some things are still, in quotes, issues, and some things are finally not. So this show is dealing primarily with the sex-related issues, but not so much the social-related issues. And I think that's great. Yeah. Keep it personal. Well done, sex education. Except for, like, Eric and his storyline. But he's following a much more stereotypical storyline, and I don't like that they did that, and whatever. It is what it is. Anyway, the teens are having a lot of sex. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. A That's lot the of theme sex. of the show. I mean, yeah. And how come they need so much education? You couldn't, give, <laughs> you couldn't have a show about sex therapy if the teens weren't having sex. It's true. You would struggle. And then another thing you brought up, which I had also thought of, is there's this scene where... A girl's vagina is like, or a picture of her. Oh, the revenge porn? Yeah, the revenge porn. A picture of her downstairs mm-hmm. is circulated throughout the entire school. And you mentioned like, oh my God, this happens all the time. Where, and- yeah, on TV shows when somebody's like nudes get leaked, literally everybody in the school has a ding on their phone and they all look at once. I'm not convinced that happens exactly that way in real life. It doesn't happen. It happens in the Duff too. Have you seen the Duff? Mm-mm. <gasps> We're going to watch it. It has my one of my, like, number one crushes, Whoa. Robbie Amell, in it. And Mae Whitman, who Robbie I love. Have? Robbie who? Robbie Amell. A-M-E-L? Um, A-M-E-L-L. Oh, it auto-filled for me. He's all right, all right, the cousin of Stephen Amell, who's Arrow on the uh, CW. Yes. I think he's way cuter, though. And it's him and me, Whitman. And it's a really delightful book. It's a really, really sex-positive YA book. Oh, nice. And they made a movie out of it. And the book is, like, toned down a lot because it had to be PG-13. But it's still a really fun movie. But there's sort of a similar scene where all of the teens are getting texts about... um, It's a video where the main character is doing a lot of inappropriate, embarrassing things to a mannequin um that sounds like a fun video it's a really good movie we should watch that that's like required watching and i just love robbie he was on my top five for a long time robbie mel that sweet sweet boy anyway um but it happens in a lot of teen media this i'm like ah, 
yeah i don't understand the logistics yeah, of it at I, all i think because it's like who's sending this to everyone that it gets a, a audible ping on their phone all at the same time who's leaving their phone not on silent while they're in class that's not a thing nope like i definitely i think that like there would be so many conversations like as you're walking through the hall where people are huddled together watching something mm-hmm. like that strikes me as real but where everybody gets the same notification at the same time that's not a thing no it's not a thing but it happens in teen shows all the time because because I mean, it, it makes for drama. You it know? makes for drama. You can it's add some really audio effective. sound effects that are, you know, you don't have to pay for. They're free. So and it's like, fine. I mean, I know bullying actually happens. Like, I'm oh, not going to be super naive. But, like, blackmailing. I too. feel like TV bullying is, and movie bullying is different. It, it the Yeah, the logistics are different. Yeah. It's much more, I think, drama-fueled and... I don't know, surface level than maybe bullying is Mm -hmm. IRL. I don't know. But we haven't been in high school in a long time. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been almost 10 years. (laughs) Uh, We're old. It's fine. Um, But it is a weird trope in teen media. Yeah. Really bizarre. Because, yeah, I don't understand the logistics of it. Like the technical logistics. I'm like, how does this happen? I don't know. Now almost everybody's in the same WhatsApp, which I doubt. That you don't have a would be absurd. WhatsApp. Because Good you God. would always leave people out. Yeah. Always. Who knows? But it happens all the time. And someone's vagina is what goes around school in this particular episode. Anyway. We never really answered who do we ship. I said I ship Otis and Maeve for a lot of different reasons. Are there I don't any know if I have a ship. You... I just got a crush on Lilia and her head buns. Do you have any anti-ships? People I don't ship? Yeah. Or you're like, I can't do it. Does not compute. Hmm. Ships. Good question. Well, I think... I think the that lesbian couple, the redhead and the, the girl with all the bright pink jackets, um, I'm not even sure what their names are. Um, they should just break up already. I think they may have already, but... Like, I think they do. They or both they deserve did. to be happy, and they're not making each other happy. It was one of those situations where it was like, I came out, and then my friend came out, and we were best friends, so like obviously we should date, but... It's not working because the right attraction isn't there. And I'm also seeing this other girl who I do have chemistry with and I feel so terrible. Yeah. She also, the, the redhead has the best outfit. I even commented on it. This is what we sparked off our, our let's go buy overalls conversation where she's wearing these like overalls over this like black floral like collared shirt. And I was like, it is rude how good she looks right now there were so many um who's the bun girl what's her name lily lily has an outfit where she's wearing like hot pink overalls over oh, something lily's outfits are so good Lily's like she's got this like so cuckoo pants she just is like a dancer and she's got buns and these big old bug eyes and overalls and she wears fanny packs over her overalls which is a bold choice but i have firmly believed that fanny packs are back it's a really two years like now. 70s and 80s i feel like inspired yeah. fashion the fashion on the show is next level it makes you want to go buy the overalls and it's funny because i started doing a little bit of research into the actual cast mm-hmm. and watching some of their interviews in preparation for this episode and they're like yeah this is really nothing like a british high school at all like uh, if anything it's like an american high uh, school in terms wise? in terms of like people wearing whatever they want yeah, and yeah. there's no uniforms on this show. there are no uniforms later on this hasn't happened yet i don't think but there's a dance mm-hmm. like a pretty typical sort of i don't know yeah formal dance do you want to go to the bowl with me yeah exactly like, ball, ball. Um, good god but there are a lot of aspects of it that like really don't resonate with british education it's probably fine but it doesn't really matter because it's fictional. Yeah, I don't. I also can't tell where this is supposed to be set because it, obviously everybody has a British accent, but it's springtime perpetually. It is springtime perpetually. No one's talking about GSEs or A levels. Mm-hmm. Like they're just in high school, which isn't really how British school works, hmm. really. Because yeah, their educational system is a lot more complicated than ours. The most you'll ever see is somebody carrying around a book that says A level biology. Mm hmm. So, 
I don't know. We're also not experts in the British school system. I know more. Out. I know more about wizarding tests than I do about British tests. I, I only know. I could tell you about the OWLs. I could tell you about the NEWTSs. I don't know anything about A levels. I only know about it because of the Harry Potter actors. Because I watched <laughs> interviews with the actual actors. Because both Rupert Grant and Daniel Radcliffe stopped at the GSCEs. Mm. And Emma Watson was the only person who went on to her A-levels, which are like the pre-college. I know. I mean, life imitates, or art imitates life. Sure. Life imitates art, all of of it, the whole thing. Yeah. Art is life is life is art. Yeah. Um, Do you have any other thoughts about sex education before I go into a couple other random things? Watch it. Solid show. I can't wait to finish it. It's really delightful. This show would have never never been on an american network in it's a, a bit too thousand spicy. years mm-hmm. there's a, there's boobs there's a us you see the vagina picture that gets circulated yeah you would never see that on american tv no probably not even on hbo no yeah it's very spicy it's i mean you can just tell it's not culturally american like you can you can just tell based mm-hmm. on the storylines based on the premise based on the context like it's very, very British. Yeah. I like the one girl who's always like, let's make a mind map. That's me. A- yeah. Uh, Amy? Her yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy. We're saying like which characters, we were saying like kind of which characters we were. And I was like, I'm like Lily with the buns. But because I'm, you know, weird, but also a little bit horny. And also, but with the type A-ness of let's make a mind map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, Asa Butterfield, who plays Otis, the Victorian ghost, the Victorian ghost has had like a really impressive career. Mm-hmm. He was on Black Mirror, right? Maybe. I feel like everybody was. I think he was in an episode that had to do with. Uh, I'm looking it up on IMDb. I actually brought my laptop out for this episode. This is like. Oh, very businesslike. I know. Because normally I'm trying to look things up on my phone and it's not exceptionally um, time efficient. I don't think he was in the mirror. The mirror, black mirror. <laughs> the mirror. The mirror. I'm not seeing it. But he was in, um, he was Hugo in Hugo, that movie with the kid. He was Ender in Ender's Game. He was in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And he was in Merlin, which was the first thing I saw him in. He's like creepy, creepy Mordred in the BBC Merlin, starring Colin Morgan and Bradley James and Katie McGrath. Mm. Um, like, he doesn't have that many acting credits, but all of the acting credits he's had, he's been really, really prominent characters, if not the main character. All right. Good for him. Yeah, he wasn't in Black Mirror. He just looks vaguely like somebody else who also looks like a Victorian ghost who was in Black Mirror. Fair enough. He was also in Nanny McPhee Returns. And most notably, okay, I'm about to tell a very short story. <laughs> so there was a summer, not last summer, but the summer before. Mm-hmm. So the summer of 2017, we did trivia a lot. We went to this yeah. random kind of British pub. With my, with my old roommate, Katie, who got pulled over on her bike in Davis. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was her. Oh, my gosh. Full circle. I love it. Um, we went to this place for trivia pretty much every week. And I'm either really helpful or not helpful at all in trivia i have like very niche knowledge areas and is a much more like i'm um, yeah broad generalist. information person whereas if there's anything anything related to like pop culture broadway i got you mm-hmm. i am your champion but elsewise i'm fucking useless so the story goes, and I think we were the only trivia team to get this question correct. That <laughs> sounds on brand for us. Which was, what was the name of the film about, I don't know if they like gave a lot of details about what the film was about, about like space or whatever, starring Asa Butterfield and Britt Robertson. And I oh was like, God. the space between us! Oh my it's God. The space between us! Yeah, you were us. definitely the only person in the entire establishment who knew the answer to that no question. No one else knew what the movie was! weird movie where Asa Butterfield had been born in space mm-hmm. and somehow had connected with Britt Robertson on Earth. Oh my god. And like goes to Earth and like has this sort of rebellion period where he like escapes his space people. Interesting. 
Um, but because he was born in space, his body composition is not made to be on Earth. It's good casting. At all. So I know, right? Because he looks so sickly and ill. Yeah. <laughs> he's just pale. It's not a problem. That's just how people are. Well, it's fine. he's really lanky. Like, yeah. He's a lot of bone. Yeah. Bone he's and ma- skin. And he's making a career out of it. I yeah, exactly. It. I mean, it's working, re- it's working really well for him. He's not hurting for anything. Yeah. But... It was a movie that was, like, really strongly promoted, and I think it totally flopped. Yeah. Because I remember seeing so many previews for it, like, at the movies, and then no one ever talked about it. Um, And I'm pretty sure, yeah, we were the only trivia team to get that question correct. And you were the only person on our trivia team who knew. Who would have? I mean, it was, like, such a niche. Yeah. Niche thing. Because I also follow Britt Robertson because she's dating dylan o'brien ah, from teen wolf that's course. the only reason why i knew who she was catch. she was in a like indie rom-com with him mm-hmm. years and years ago and her career has become quite prominent also she was in a movie with george clooney she's mm. in a shonda show that i really really mm-hmm. like um, which one it's called for the people oh it's about oh my god this show is so good it's coming back in march i think okay um it's sort of uh, contrasting these two groups of fresh law graduates, half of them work for the DA and half of them work for, uh, like, the prosecutor's office. And so they're, like, always fighting mm-hmm. because they're on different sides of every single issue that ever happens. And it's great. Highly recommend Perfect. Also, I just love lawyer shows. The Good Wife is, like mm. we've said, one of my favorite shows of all time. Lawyer shows, when they're done well, fabulous. Nice. Anyway, yeah, this movie was called The Space Between Us, starring Asa Butterfield and Britt Robertson. And it is my Hall of Fame trivia moment. I just felt like sharing that because Asa Butterfield... He's, like, kind of a niche actor, honestly. Yeah, he's, he's got a specific type. He also, his hair is now bleach blonde, and he looks really bizarre. I went on his Instagram yesterday, and I was like, yikes. Not platinum? Just... Well, I mean, it's, like, near platinum, but also, like, when you're brunette, yeah. platinum is kind of funky. It gets weird. Because he has dark hair. Platinum... I've had platinum hair. It can be hard to pull off. Yeah. I feel like I almost did. And with dudes, especially dudes who look like Victorian ghosts. <laughs> You're washed out. It's not his best look. Any, it's really not. You don't have any pigment in your body after that. Because in sex education, I'm like, are you attractive? I can't really tell. It's one of those and he things. he has a deep voice. And that counts for a, a lot. He has a voice. He's tall. He's tall. He's got a deep voice. Is he cute or is he just tall? Is he cute or is he just tall? I don't know. I mean, he's also, I think he's 21. Like, he's young. Yeah. Uh, he looks younger than he is, yeah, for he sure. Yeah, like tiny baby boy. Um, so, I definitely had moments where I was like, are you cute? Are, are you not cute? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, anyway. Um, okay, I have one PSA. Mm. And this is the, like, semi-spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler. There is an episode where one of um, the primary issues is themed around vaginismus and female oh. sexual dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And Otis describes vaginismus as a fear of penetration. That's not what vaginismus yeah, is. Yeah, more complicated than that. It's, it has many different causes a lot of the causes are still unknown. Any sort of really female sexual dysfunction, there is so little research. What? Which I'm is so just... shocked and surprised that nobody values this research enough to do it. Anyway, it's like super, super wrongly depicted, and I don't appreciate it. And I get that on one hand, like, it's a man trying to explain vaginismus, mm-hmm. which, you know, hopefully year people yeah. would realize that it's a much more nuanced issue than this child is explaining it as. But I feel like it's important. PSA, vaginismus is not a fear of sex. Mm-hmm. That's not 
what it is. And I just want to say I take issue with it. It's wrong. If you want to talk about it, DM me on Twitter at Lita Fuller. I can talk about it for days. But I just, if that resonated with you, that's not right. And I don't, I mean, vaginismus can resonate with you, but it being equated with this fear of penetrative sex is totally incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want anyone to think that that's what it actually is. And that's how you fix it. Mm. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> I just feel like that's important to note. Uh, because I do think so many other things on the show have been handled so tastefully and they're like, I applaud them for that, but mm-hmm. I also have to draw issue with this one particular thing. Call it how you see it. I do call it how I see it, Anne. I know you do. <laughs> um, one thing I commented on that I wanted to bring into this podcast was uh, Maeve was talking about how she's experienced bullying as a result of her like reputation at school um, and how she's been slut-shamed a lot since she was 14, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the names they use to bully her is Cockbiter. And then I was like, I turned to Maggie and Lita and I said, Honestly, I think that's a badass nickname. It's a badass nickname. Probably I wouldn't have felt the same way if I were in high school, but if y'all want to call me cockbiter, you can at any time because I like to be seen as ferocious and kind of a little freaky. And that wasn't even accurate because the rumor that was totally wrong was that she bit someone's scrotum. So really she was the <laughs> scrotum, scrotum biter, which is It doesn't less have sexy. the same ring to it. Yeah. It just doesn't. But I think it is I really like that they present these two sides because for the most part, the school is very sex positive, but we do see the other side of things where people can use someone's reputation against them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting parallel that they have Maeve as this, you know, really judged slutty girl yeah but then the two most popular girls are deep-throating bananas at a party and nobody says shit about them Uh uh-huh it's and i mean it just it just goes to show it's way more about reputation than it is about any sort of sexual experience Mm -hmm. but the show is really interesting very worth a watch it's done really well i think it brings a lot of issues um to the surface that would not normally be like central plot points of a teen show and that's interesting and worth bringing to the table so and ace butterfield looks like a victorian ghost (laughs) which we brought up every time we say his name also he has the name of a victorian ghost he's a butterfield (laughs) (laughs) oh my yeah a victorian ghost or an amish ghost one of those. Yeah, but like British Amish. I guess I they just they call have the Victorian. I think they have the Romani instead, the Travelers. Yeah, but that's also super different. Yeah. Because yeah. that has like a cultural significance. Anyway, look him up, please. Like if you don't know who we're talking about, please Google him and you'll be like, oh, I get it. Look at his sweet, his sweet child I face. get it. I know. The entire time you're like, is he attractive? I don't really know. <laughs> He's one of those. I feel like I know for myself, but I can't speak for other people. Yeah. I mean, trying to look through like an objective lens, Mm -hmm. like, is this person objectively attractive? It's unknown. He's got clear skin and nice eyebrows. And honestly, for me, that's honestly all it takes sometimes. He has really bright eyes. They're very blue. They're very blue. Okay. I, there are a couple things I just want to say. We need to watch Roswell at some point. The new one? The new one. Yes, absolutely we do. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Tumblr. It looks great. So that's on the list. Emily says it's good. Second thing. um, Please watch One Day at a Time on Netflix. There is a lot of questioning over whether there's going to be a next season. (gasps) And Netflix is saying not enough people are watching it. Well, then promote it, dumbasses. Like, everybody watched fucking Bird Box and it wasn't even good. Well, it... I don't know. It needs to have the things that go like viral on Netflix. I don't know. It's really weird the way that that happens and like the word of mouth and like the media 
whatever yeah. it's game like of it's telephone. like 85 percent algorithm 15 percent word of mouth. yeah but one day at a time is an excellent show please watch it we'll probably talk about it at some point we're not going to talk about it right now but please watch the new season it's great okay um also another show that i think we should talk about in our next episode is instant hotel we don't have enough time to talk about it right now i don't think i could say so many things about it can we do that next episode yeah because i have to finish the first okay the second half i'll watch more of it with you i would watch more of it with you right fucking now you want to do that right after this episode yeah i want to eat bread and watch instant hotel (laughs) bitch like (laughs) i love like i had such a hard time trying to convince people to watch instant hotel because the premise is so bizarre, I'm like, it's like four weddings, but with Airbnbs, <laughs> which you is just exactly it what it is. But, it but in Australia, weird. but in, in Australia, Australia, that's what really makes it. So you get to see a lot of Australian geography that you probably haven't seen before. Mm. Bondi. Bondi. Um, Bondi Beach. Um, it's fabulous. Please watch Instant Hotel. We'll talk about it next episode for yeah. sure. I don't know what we're going to combine with that, but we'll combine something with Whatever. it. Um... It's great. Just like love it or leave it ends on a high note. I have two things. One, Ben Higgins is no longer single. So Ben Hey-o. Higgins was on the most recent episode of The Bachelor that we just watched because Colton yeah. goes to Denver and meets his good friend, in quotes, uh, Ben. His work colleague. His, uh, yeah, like associate, yeah. Ben Higgins, uh, for advice. Known collaborator. How to navigate. This was the week before Hometowns. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, he's no longer single. Apparently, he slid into someone's DMs. And As you do. I wrote, How did he find her? As I often Were do. there Nashville Bachelor connections? Was it something to do with Caitlin? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Because Anne was saying, maybe, you know, you just slide into a bunch of different people's DMs. And I was like, I, think I don't think Ben Higgins has to do that. Then you do do that. Because he's, he has a lot of notoriety. Like, I mean, how many million people watch The Bachelor every week? Like, many. Many yeah. million. Um, and he's, like, one of the most beloved Bachelors of all time. He's also not in prison, which puts him a step above crystals. <laughs> anyway. But he's off the market. Sorry, ladies slash gentlemen. But he's so Republican. Gentlemen don't really play into the Ew, picture. he is? Huh? Yeah. Ew. He's such... He's so religious. So many of these people are Republicans, Anne. I know. You just have to pretend that isn't happening. I don't know how much longer I can pretend. That's fair. I mean, we still have Becca, but then Becca still ended up with fucking... The Nazi? The Nazi. Ugh. So... <laughs> Bummer town. Okay, I'm tired. I know, babe. I know. Um, so I'm going to end this on a really high note, or I'm going to try to... So you DM'd me on Twitter because Anne and I have like seven modes of communication. We do Instagram DMs. We do Twitter DMs. We text. We have a group text. (laughs) We do have a group. Our group text is great. Um, Also, if you want to be part of our Shits Creek group costume, DM us at Stand. Still still open to that. I call Moira Rose. I know. I call Alexis. Like Mm -hmm. we have, we have a whole plan here. Um... Okay, so you te- you DM'd me about the Sean Mendes Calvin Klein thing. This is the perfect high note to end on. Um, and also Noah Centineo was also part of that campaign, but he kind of got a little bit glossed over because Sean Mendes is just a bigger name than Noah Centineo. And Anne's yeah. like dying. I can't She's breathe. like she was horizontal for a second there. You missed it. Um, and. Ira Madison of Crooked's Keep It podcast tweeted the picture of Sean Mendez well, in of, Calvin Klein several, undies yeah. pants and undies pants, whatever <laughs> I'm going with, it, where he said, yes, I know I'm the only person looking at this ad and hating the room they shot this in. Whose aesthetic is this? And Anne said, I read this in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looks like one of the uh, motel rooms from Supernatural. It does look like a motel room. And I said, Ira and I are essentially the same person yeah. in very different bodies. Yeah. And Anne asked, am I the Louis Vertel of Vodka Lemonade Stand? And I said, I think 
You're yeah. definitely the Lewis. I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of the Oscars like Lewis does, but I have other encyclopedic knowledges. You do. You absolutely do. Um, and Ira and I are pretty much on the same page 100% of the it's time. It's to the point where I feel like the reason you can't listen to Keep It is it's like, um, it's like when you hold a microphone close to, too close to a speaker and it's like feedback and it just goes, you know? It's like, I don't need you to tell me my own takes. Yeah. Like, I just don't. Yeah. And they're not as to the point. I feel like we're more to the point than they are. I feel like they meander more. We also meander. We to meander. Be fair. I think we meander differently. We yeah. meander like anecdotally. I feel like they take a long time to like say what they're trying to say. They do. Yeah. Because I think they're used to writing a full article. Yeah. Whereas we're used to maybe like tweeting or just chit chatting. I think it's us just chit chatting. I don't know. Every time I've tried to listen to Keep It, I'm like, this is so fucking slow. At least we're always talking about something relatively entertaining. <laughs> We do take a long time to get to our point. We circle back. But it's, it's a ride. It's in loops. You know? It's yeah. not like you're just like tapping your fingers on the table waiting for it to happen. It's a roller coaster, not a hike. Exactly. Um, and I think this is like one of my most underrated jokes of all time. Sorry, Becca, if you listen to this episode. But Anne was like, am I the Louis Vertella vodka lemonade mm-hmm, stand? And mm-hmm. I said, yes. And I said, and Becca is the Tommy. <laughs> I feel that. She gets called out. She called call out, you know, referenced a lot. And she <laughs> loves us and she always wants to be on the pod and uh-huh. she's been on the pod and she'll be on the pod again. Yeah, certainly. Um, but she's probably our number one fan. And so I feel like she's the Tommy of Vodka Lemonade Stand. And that's not like no, that's even not a, a remotely dig. negative It's nice to have a one, number one fan. It's nice it, to have a number it one fan. It keeps us going. Yeah, honestly. it does. And think about how much I love Tommy. Like you mm-hmm. all know mm-hmm. how much I love mm-hmm. Tommy. Like... It's not a problem. <laughs> and it's parallel in the same way that Beck often doesn't know anything that's happening with pop culture. <laughs> but at least she knows what slash fic is. She knows what slash fic is, but does she know about slash fic partially because of me? Would she have you, ended you up? You are the Ira in that relationship. I yeah. am the Ira in every relationship. That's true. <laughs> um, I just need my own Wild Fang t-shirt. My Wild Feminist t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um wild fang gave him a rainbow wild feminist t-shirt to wear at south by and he did an instagram post and i was like that was effective marketing they're good, good on you that. wild fang they're good at that and they're not so good at having clothes in a broad range of sizes mm. uh but they're good at marketing yeah although their social media can sometimes be a little bit sloppy but Whatever, I'm like a marketing professional now. Support local so business. It's like fine. Um, I like the rose can that they partnered with Underwood on. Oh yeah, I mean it's a it's a great local like social justice oriented company. Yeah, we I, support Wild Thing. <laughs> Someone I know posted a picture of that um, wine in a can, and I commented, "Oh look, finally something from Wild Thing that comes in my size." <laughs> and then she was like, "Drag them." <laughs> I don't know that much about their sizing. The extra large is tight on me, and normally a large is comfortable on me in most brands. So they run small. And they don't have anything larger than an extra large. Hopefully they have plans to remedy that. Because... I mean, fabric costs money. Fabric costs money, but also... It's kind of like the same premise as airy like if you if your identity is this like super feminist social justice mm-hmm. oriented company you can't yeah have those sorts of it's dumb to do gender expression inclusivity without also doing size inclusivity yeah exactly it just it doesn't feel very true to the mission so hopefully that's on their list mm-hmm. to I might write a strongly worded email at Do some it. point. I'll, I'll co-sign your email. Yeah. That's bullshit. Anyway. But they also had the like viral um, Melania Trump jackets. And it was great. Yeah. I had a semi-viral Facebook post about it. When I still did social media for a different organization. Anywho, 
Um, do you have anything else before we wrap up? I'm set. Also, I have to pee bad. You have to pee, and I have to eat bread really bad. <laughs> um, Competing needs. You know, we're real people. <laughs> we don't we have, pretend to be. We otherwise. have bodies. We're not just voices we, in your ear. Also, like when you drink this much, shit happens. We exist in physical space. We do exist in physical space. So hopefully, you enjoyed this ride, where most of it was fun about sex education, and it kind of devolved from there. To wrap up formally. You can follow us at VodkaLemstan on Twitter. You can email us VodkaLemstan at gmail.com. Our website is VodkaLemonadeStan.com. Engage with us. It's great. Rate and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. Ella's going to be here in April, but we're going to be in Hood River, so we might figure out something so she can be back on the pod because she is the OG guest of the pod. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be great. And we'll be back with, what did I say we were going to talk about? Instant Hotel. Oh, can't wait. Maybe we'll talk about Instant Hotel and dating around. Oh, yeah, That would yeah, be yeah, interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Some, some, good, some good Netflix shows. I think so. Okay. Thank you for sticking with us. Watch Sex Education. Form your own opinions. Yes. Shit's complicated. Life is complicated. It's 2019. Whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my <laughs> attitude, too. And on that note, cheers. Cheers.